we had done canto 11 part 2 chapter 23 uh was that was complete was 30 so now we are going to do 31 onwards but first let me just give you an idea about the 30 uh, we had left with the words that uh, maharaj khatwanga if you remember he compares himself to maharaj khatwanga in a sense that the Brahmana feels that if there is a king called Khatvanga and if he could get liberation, why not me? And this is a comparison which every human being thinks they, they have. It is exactly the way an athlete will think that, you know, I am better than Carl Lewis or I am better than uh, any of the great actors in the world or I am better than any other person. And it is not that uh, in spirituality this is not the case. People think that they are the great uh, yogis of all times or they feel that uh, they are better than the Mirabais of this world or the Radhas of this world. And everybody feels that if they could have it then why not me? Uh, but what they fail to understand is are they really up to the mark or what exactly is supposed to be? So we are going to understand this part in this coming lesson. So we are doing chapter 23 from Canto 11 part 2 the song of Avanti Brahmana verse 31. Lord Krishna continued his mind thus determined that the most excellent Avanti Brahmana was able to unite the knots of desire within his heart. He then assumed the role of a peaceful and silent sannyasi mendicant. So, we are coming back to the same story of the Avanti Brahmana. The Avanti Brahmana, what he is able to do? His mind thus determined. Determined in the sense we have fixated on a certain issues. So, what is the fixation that this person has? The fixation that this person has is that I want to get out of this world of, you know, give and take, which is more like a desirous world and I want to become free. So this is the idea which he has and he has determined in his mind, this is what I want to do. Then what is the next thing that he does? He is able to untie the knots of desire within his heart. Now what exactly is untying the desires of knot within the heart? Everybody has desires. What are those desires? There are various kinds of desires, whether to lead a very simple life or a rich life or something which they can achieve in their world whether it is money, power, fame, fortune, you name it. Everything that a person wishes they want to achieve and these are the desires which everybody has. Even in spiritual a man has desires. The desire is to reach a state of enlightenment that would be the highest desire that they have or the next desire is to meet God. I am sure you know 99% of the spiritual people have this idea that I want to meet God. What God are we talking about? Nobody knows. But the idea is I want to meet God. So how does your God look like? That also nobody knows. Now what is it? They have very fixated ideas in mind that my God looks like a bearded person, long hairs, very serene face. It's a very, very traditional kind of an approach which everybody has. Why would a God have beard in the first place? 
why would he look like a human being in the second place? I mean, think about it. If God is the supreme authority of this entire universe, why would he want to look like a human? Oh, because it is written that, you know, uh, man was created in the image of God. I mean, this is not only there in the Christian literatures, but it is there even in Hindu and every other literature in this world. You will find that, okay, man was created in the image of God. Now, God is a multifaceted being, so why would he have only human being as one image? I mean, there are multiple images. He could be a dinosaur for all you know. He could be a dog for all you know. I mean, why can you not expect a dog, dog God? God is everything, isn't it? He can become anything that he wants to. So why do we have fixated ideas that I want to see God exactly in the form that I want to see? Has it ever occurred to human beings that it is their own concoction and their own creation of their own mind? That I want to see a God who is like this. Because they don't have any further ideas. Their imagination doesn't allow them to have a God which can be like a computer. I mean, why not? So, this idea that a spiritualist has is, I want to meet God. Then what is the next thing? The next thing is, I want to have you know, Samadhi. Samadhi means a state of uh, non-being, like being lost in meditation. Okay? You can try any of those, you know, drugs that are available in the marketplace and you can go in a state of Samadhi if you want that also. These are petty beliefs and these are very, very stupid kind of understanding which human beings seem to have about meditation, about going into a state of ecstasy, about reaching God or trying to. So understand this. So these are called desires. So every kind of person has a desire. A person who doesn't have money has a desire to make money. A person who doesn't have a house wants to have a house. So all these desires. Now, I've explained desires to you from both sides, from the spiritual as well as the non-spiritual, that is material world. Now, let us come to the stage. What do you mean by tying the knot? You know, there is a knot. Knot means we have a knot. Why do we tie a knot? So that we remember. Don't you know that? You tie a knot so that you remember certain things. So you tie a knot of desire in your being. When you untie it, that means the work is done. Simple. So if you have finished your work, then you untie the knot. Then you need to have a knot for another thing which you want in your world. Okay. So, so this way, man likes to tie knots and keep his desires alive. Untying the knot. See, I am first going the traditional way, then I will tell you what is the spiritual aspect of it. So then what happens to the next thing? Untie the knot means loosen up the desires, finish up. Alright. So what do the desires say? I want to have a family, I want to settle down in life, I want to you know, make some money, I want to have a retirement fund, all those kind of things. You reach an age where you have attained this kind of a thing. Attained, you have achieved say 50%, 60%, 80%, something like that. Then what happens? You have untied all those knots, isn't it? There is nothing left now. Maybe you want to travel a little bit in this world. Beyond that, there is no other desire. So then what happens? 
then once you have achieved this particular status then you are satisfied satisfied to the state that no i have nothing forward to look forward to can i just put my legs you know on top like this and just relax and not not do anything yes that is what people do if you have been to age or you know old age homes you will find that most of the people are shuffling around here and there and uh, they are not doing much and if you ask them how are things with them they will say oh my family they are settled and my son has become this he has gone abroad in doing this my grandson is like this my granddaughter is doing this what are you doing i am waiting for death i mean that's the ultimate that they can think of i am waiting for death you are waiting for death somebody comes to see you who comes to see you oh somebody comes once in 6 months or a year to see is that so i mean this this practice is not only there in this you know in india but across the world everywhere it's the same now maybe in some places they do not have old age homes but they have a place where the parents are staying children are far away they are lost in their own world and they hardly come to see the parents i know about one family whom i spoke to just 3 days ago 3 4 days ago where the son is staying two buildings away two blocks away he walks from that from below that house every day and yet he doesn't come up to see his old parents and i asked the mother so when does he come oh he will come for some festival some festival is there like you have uh, diwali or dashera something like that or like abroad they have thanksgiving or you know christmas maybe the birthdays that is the time everybody meets otherwise nobody has this time in this world so now do you understand the old man or the old person has no such desires left so what do they do they have settled themselves in a particular domain which is called the domain of the heart they feel fulfilled this is what a traditional meaning of these words are now i will tell you the real meaning of these words in the spiritual context now this is connected to the body the body has multiple knots knots means a place where there is a crossing current there is a cross current what are the places one is at the base you know when you sit it's called the seat where you sit there is a place where your legs are going cross like this i mean the legs are going down and the body the torso is on top just where they meet there is a knot over there okay the knot is because things are crossing right there is another knot which is we say in i get a knot in my stomach you have heard these words being said oh there was a knot in the pit of my stomach i mean we have never thought of, what do you mean by there is a knot in the pit of your stomach okay there are divisions in the stomach there is something which is called the solar plexus solar plexus is what you have seen in bruce lee films you know he gives a punch in the solar plexus and the and the villain falls down i mean you have seen all this thing so there is a place called solar plexus solar plexus is a cross point again it's a crossing of 
a certain energies in your body then there is a heart then there is a throat like that there are various locations in the body where there are called they are called knots knots are nothing but nerves which are crossing each other you have seen james bond what does he do he gives a chop over here and the person uh, who whoever it might be what happens to him he falls unconscious so there is a medulla oblongata huh? there is a bridge which is called there is a bridge over here is a medulla oblongata and below that the nerves are starting okay the spinal cord starts from there and if something gets hit over there a person becomes unconscious and don't try this at home these are dangerous things <laughs> otherwise you don't want to try oh suppose if i do what happens no no no, no. <laughs> so uh, i have to put a disclaimer below <laughs> so these are called knots in yoga in pranayama or when we do body exercises we learn to control these knots that means what it is like a tap you know how a tap is you allow, allow the water to flow in the tap the and when you close the tap what happens the tap closes and the water doesn't come so imagine there is a knot at the base where you sit okay like i said the seat in that knot the power current that is running inside your body can be made to change directions change directions so if there is an x over there you know in the roads on when you are on a cross road you come to the end of the cross road there is a signal over there the signal says you can go to the left or to the right or straight isn't that how it is so you can direct the flow of traffic straight left or right correct now is there any other thing that you can do at this cross road think yes you can do something you take a u turn over there isn't that what you do you take a u turn people forget the u turn they actually in spirituality u turn is the most important one the u turn is taken that means you don't allow things to go ahead left or right hmm? and this is what is the most important suppose i put a block block at that turn itself then what the person will have to do he'll have to come this way take a turn and go back isn't it in our spiritual world we have to learn to do this exercise how you have to take a u turn all right so that the energy doesn't flow from top to bottom top to bottom otherwise you know what happens in electricity when what happens in electricity if your feet is touching the ground it is called grounded isn't it the current flows from top into the earth you have heard about this the current flows from the top to the bottom think 
in spiritual world the current which is flowing goes to the earth goes to the earth means the loss of electricity isn't that what happens in our life when the current flows from top and it enters the earth it means there is a loss of electricity in the same way there is a loss of electricity in our being also if we ground it goes down so what the, what the, what do we do have you seen a yogi how he sits he sits in a position which is called padmasana padma means flower a lotus flower okay asana asana means seat padmasana means a lotus flower seat that means he sits in a lotus position you have seen the yogi sitting in a lotus position what exactly is he doing he is crossing it out the currents are being crossed out and he applies something which is called a stop he puts a stop to it for the current not to flow in another direction okay so this stoppaging of the current not to flow in another direction means the energies are not flowing out in another place and he is unidirecting it upwards that means what he is taken a u turn over there remember this now the desires where do the desires come from think where do the desires come from the desire for food comes from the base of our stomach isn't it our stomach keeps on growling and it will say oh i want food i want food and then you go and eat food huh? sexual desire comes from where from the sexual organs which are called gonads huh? isn't it so huh? of course everybody will say oh it comes from the brain okay in the mind mind is there physically what what is happening you understand so the desires are coming from the base of this seat of the stomach from your sexual organs what is the third kind of a desire a desire for you to achieve things in the world isn't it i have to have money i need to have fortune fame house cars all these things huh i want to get married i want to settle down i want to have kids i want to do this isn't that the desire that is there tell me something where do these desires come from they come from the heart don't we say that see we have been saying these words all along and not understanding a damn thing about it my heart says i want to marry a very handsome looking guy okay okay your heart says so <laughs> my heart says that i am going to win the lottery this time okay <laughs> we say these words but we don't understand what we speak so the basic needs are over they are at the bottom these are higher needs they call hierarchy of needs like i explained to you once so the needs come from within the heart now if i have to put all my needs in the heart 
and I have to open the knot in the heart. Doesn't it tell you that all your needs and desires are fulfilled? Heart is satiated, desires are fulfilled. Now, how does a person create this kind of a knot and disentangle it by one very important thing? By doing techniques which do not allow the next level to open up. If I do a knot at the base where I sit like this, my otherworldly desires are not going to be fulfilled. Correct? Because I am allowing the current to come like this and go upwards. So I tie a knot here. It's a pipe, isn't it? If I put a pipe and I tie a knot over there, not tying it up. You know how you tie a knot? At the base where I am sitting, then the desires which are negative in nature, remember the bottom, they will not get fulfilled. If I tie the knot in the stomach, what will happen? All my food and other, you know, sexual and other desires will not get fulfilled. Because the current is not flowing downwards. Now if I tie the knot in the heart, the desires which are below will not get fulfilled. If I tie the knot in my throat, the desires below will not get fulfilled. In the sense, I will not even have the desires. I hope you understood this. So in spiritual world, we teach how these knots can be manipulated so that you do not have those desires whatsoever. So there are techniques which are taught. So in spirituality, man learns to control his desires and his feelings by going through these various steps and stages. So I think I have given a sufficient explanation for this. The Avanti Brahmana was able to untie the knots of desire within his heart. He then assumed the role of a peaceful and silent sannyasi mendicant. So when he has tied the knot, what happens to his desires? They all vanish. And once the desires vanish, if there are no desires left, what does the person do? He is not running after anything, isn't it? He doesn't run after anything. So he becomes peaceful and silent. And he wants to become mendicant. Mendicant, basically, who has no desires whatsoever, just goes about in the world simply. He wandered about the earth, keeping his intelligence, senses, and life air under control. To beg charity, he travels alone to various cities and villages. He did not advertise his advanced spiritual position and thus was not recognized by others. So many years are going by. He wanders the earth keeping his intelligence, senses and life air under control. We again come to the stage. What is this all about? Life air. Let us take it from there. First is his body. Okay. Then we will take life air. First body. Now body contains what? Senses. Isn't it? Body contains all the senses. That is eyes, ears. You know, we have vision, hearing, so on and so forth. Now, if I were to control my senses means one. Controlling senses simply translates into like in uh, you know in uh, film world they use green screen. Green screen means 
there is nothing behind and then they can create whatever they want to like star wars they have created a huge world behind but actually in front there is nothing like this is a white screen i can manipulate the screen and then i can i can show a forest behind me <laughs> so something like that the senses are exactly like this how do we train our senses have you ever thought of it training the senses when you see some things in life do you observe them man doesn't observe he only sees things no you learn to observe similarly sense of smell a man smells stuff but he is not able to decipher the different different senses the smells that are there similarly you hear stuff but nothing enters you isn't it try to identify sounds go to the jungles learn to the sounds of the jungle you know go into the forest and you will hear so many birds are singing can you make out the differentiation between the sounds man doesn't know what sounds are because even if he is staying close to a forest he doesn't recognize the sounds he is busy in his mind so the mind is constantly going round and round and round so he is not able to decipher sounds outside so then what happens his ears are straining very hard to try to listen to stuff you know most of the time you have seen people sleep off in my satsang also <laughs> because for them it is like a sound which is like a drone you know droning you know when a drone is on you know you fall asleep those who are used to an ac air conditioners drone they will fall asleep those who are used to the fan droning they will fall asleep in the same way my satsang sometimes puts people to sleep it's a very good uh, <laughs> sleep medicine it's okay no problem so <laughs> why do these people do that because they want to hear only good sounds senses can be controlled you can use them for a directional flow you can actually understand various aspects by directing the senses properly there are people who can make out the difference between colors sounds you know there are people hmm? uh if you ever go to a music studio you know a sound studio the sound artist over there is doing some kinds of sounds person who is recording is recording them in various frequencies he uses those buttons up and down i'm sure you have seen that you know those are various frequencies so when he is moving that thing up and down he's actually manipulating the frequencies so listening to them there is a headphone like this and he will put the headphone to his ear and he listens to the sounds so manipulating the sounds removing the hum there is a hum going on just now can you hear the hum the hum is there removal of the hum so you can lower that particular frequency and the hum goes away so these are the things you should train so moment your ear eyes nose this that trains you are relying less on the mind but relying more on the senses got it so when you rely more on the senses if you have to rely more on the tools now see what happens i will give you an example you know coconut you know what a coconut is 
Now, when you have to grate the coconut, has any, you know, most of the Indians, we love to buy coconuts from the market. Hey, eat a whole load of coconuts. So, we crack them, we open them, we try to, you know, take out the thing inside. But, when you remove that thing, the, the, the soft core inside, Indians eat a lot of chutney. Chutney means you ground these things, uh, the coconut and uh, various other spices and make a kind of a paste. And that paste is eaten with all the food stuff. I mean, even uh, the Italians and all, if you see, you know, they ground the uh, tomatoes and all that, you know. I'm sure you have seen that. So what do they do? So now think about it. So when you have removed the coconut, you have removed the outer shell, the inner shell is ground. Now you put it in a mixer, a mixer grinder and make a very fine paste of it. If your mixer is not working or if you have used the wrong kind of a blade inside, you know what happens? You are not able to ground it properly. Hmm? Then what do you do? You have to ground it with your teeth. <laughs> so, 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 did you understand? If you cannot do it in that machine, then your, your body part has to do it. And then your stomach has to ground it further. Okay. So, <laughs> did you understand? So, the lesser amount of energy that your mind uses and the external organs are deciphering the things for you, the better it is, isn't it? Your mind is not going to go into wrong things. Right or wrong? If you can solve the problem outside itself, why do you have to go inside? So, senses can be directed properly. Then, next one is called breath, life air. We do shallow breathing. No, you can do a deeper breathing also. Fill your lungs, fill your lungs, fill your lungs with the complete air. Now, what happens? Let the air be inside for 1, 2, 3, 4 and then you release it. What is the process that has happened? The process that happens is inhale, wait, exhale, wait, inhale, wait. Isn't that what you do? It is like a rhythm. So when you inhale and hold your breath, then you exhale, then you hold your breath. Then you inhale and hold your breath. Then you exhale and hold your breath. This is one cycle. Inhalation, exhalation, one curve, another curve. It's called a sine curve, isn't it? Now, if you can maintain this at a very steady pace, you have manipulated your breathing. Alright? Now, one thing which I said to you in the middle was hold. Now I will tell you something which happens to human beings. The hold is the most important thing. And not the breath. The breath is natural. Hold is 
not. What is this hold? This hold is called, see if I have a pot, you have seen a shapely woman, huh? she has got a waist, that curve that is there uh, like this, that knot, that thing is called a knot. Okay, <laughs> the one <laughs> where you put a belt. This place, the hold, is called kumbhaka, means the shape of a pot. You know how the pot's top is? It's shaped like that. This curve is the most important curve in our world. Holding the breath is the most important thing. When you are doing the exercise of pranayama or the breath in and breath out, breathe out, the hold is the important thing. Now don't say put a, you know, clip onto your nose and say, I want to hold for a very long time. Don't do that, please. It's not a healthy thing to do because you are not trained. You need somebody who can guide you properly. So, holding the breath, releasing it, then holding it. How do you hold it and release it and then hold it? You have taken it inside? Lock your this portion. Remember, I was talking about locks about knots, locking, there is a lock over here, isn't it? Don't you do that? What do you do? You execute a lock over here and over here, the air is inside the lungs only, isn't it? When you are, when you are doing swimming, this is what is there. So the lungs are filled up. Now release it, it's all coming out. So the lungs are empty, again lock it. So what is happening? Whatever air that was inside has gone out and you are not breathing in now. Release the lock, breathe again. So did you get the point? Huh? So take a deep breath, hold on, release it, hold on, take a deep breath, hold on, release it, hold on. That is how it is. So the steps are, you can first try four, count of four, just try, one, two, three, four. Because you know, we do always shallow breathing, every human being does shallow breathing. So count, one, two, three, four. Hold, one, two, count of two. Release it, count of four. You know, when you want to release it, <laughs> You are out by the time it is too early. Why? Because your lungs there is no air. <laughs> and you are trying to exhale so fast. No, release it slowly. One, two, three, four. Slow release. Okay. After that, hold. Hold means don't take it. Lock this, lock this. One, two. And then do your four, two, four, two, four, two, four, two. Now increase it to six, two, six, two. That means take a still deeper breath. So don't, don't, oh, I finish one, two, three, four, five, six. No, 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 no. Do it slowly. One, two, three, four, five, six. How much air you have taken now? <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> 
exercise is called pranayama. Okay. So then the hold has to go up by the way. What is most important is the hold. Remember I told you holding the breath. So from 2 you increase it to 4 to 6 and so on. But please do not try this without supervision because you may get into trouble. Hmm? So always be under supervision. So when you hold the breath for a longer duration of time, something happens. Our life is controlled by the number of breath we take on this planet earth. It has nothing to do with your lifespan. I lived, oh my uncle, he lived for 75 years and then he died. No, it has nothing to do with 75. It has everything to do with how many breaths he has taken on this earth. Okay? Lifespan is counted in the number of breath. Now let us say, at the age of 20, you have become a yogi. And you breathe once in a month. You know, <laughs> means one month of Kumbhaka. Just imagine that. You know your life will be for more than thousand years. You are distributing the breath, isn't it? The gap is getting bigger and bigger. So these yogis who are there, who have lived for tens of thousands of years, they have held their breath somewhere. Hmm? And they do not breathe. One breath for maybe after two years or ten years. Ah, this will sound all fairy tales. Okay, I will tell you one story. One story from my, from the annals of my uh, journeys. Uh, once it so happened that I was going to a temple. All my students were there. And we went to this temple and took the darshan, darshan means we went to see the god over there and all that. It's a massive, it's a very very huge temple complex. So I finished the entire temple journey and I was walking out near the gate. I was very close to exit. Suddenly I heard my name being called. So I looked at all the people around me, I said, somebody is calling out my name. Did I miss something? So, they all started looking at me as if I am talking some Greek or Latin, but then I said, no, the, the person who is calling, I can hear it from this corner of this temple complex. So, we trudged back inside to that place. So when we went to this small temple over there, a tiny temple over there, I said, oh, the person is calling from inside this place, from this temple. It was, it is a temple of a very, very great saint called Ramanuja. And I said, he is calling out. What was he saying? You have gone and visited the whole temple and you have not visited me. 
So I went inside and I said, I'm very sorry I didn't visit you. <laughs> so I stood in front of him. Now what is there inside this temple? Let me tell you something. There is an image, a very huge image. I mean the image would be approximately six foot of a sitting man. Six foot of a sitting man, imagine that. Or maybe five feet of a sitting man. And it is all covered by means of sandal paste. You know sandalwood? You get the paste out of it. Sandal paste and some black stuff and all that. You know all kinds of stuff. And I said the, the person is talking from inside this. It is a live samadhi of that saint. And he is alive inside. And that is over... 400 or 500 years old. He is sitting inside that place and he is in a live samadhi over there and I could hear him. So the students who were there with me, uh, I told them, "Do you, if you want to experience him, stand in front of him and just look in his eyes. And they all saw his eyes. And one of my students said, Oh my God, I can see his eyes are open and I think he blinked just now. I said that must be psychological but still. There are sages in this world who can do this. They can sit for thousands of years like this. And they are alive. They do breath control. So pranayama. So see what he is saying over here. Life air under control. The more air you breathe in, the lesser the life you are having. The more kumbhaka you have, the more amount of life you have. Actually, it's an inverse proportion. Okay, So, this is only for academic interest. Don't try this at home. Again, disclaimer below. Don't try this at home. Otherwise, you will have to call the ambulance. <laughs> Okay, so breath control, intelligence control, what do you mean by keeping his intelligence under control? You know intelligence is something which is knowledge based, isn't intelligence knowledge based? Do you know Uncle Podger hangs a picture, there is a very beautiful <laughs> story which we have studied in school. As kids, Uncle Podger hangs a picture. Like that, there is a story where you see, uh, we see this fail army and all that in, in Instagram or in uh, YouTube and all that. You will find that there is a very great creature called Panda. Have you heard of pandas? Huh? A panda is a dumb creature. You understand dumb creature means what? He doesn't has an, He doesn't use his brain at all. You know what he does? He goes on to the tree, he sits on the branch in the reverse direction. The tree is over here, the branch is like this. He will sit over here and start eating over here. He doesn't eat on the other side. He will start eating over here. And then what happens is, if you put more weight on this side, you know pandas are big fat creatures. What happens? The branch breaks and he falls down. And by the way, this is a very, very patent thing with pandas. Pandas have very little brains. They will sit on the other edge 
of the branch and the branch breaks and they fall down. And they are roly poly creatures, so they roll on the earth. <laughs> and if you see these Chinese videos, you will find the, pa the panda, you know, he's like a round ball. He will roll from here to there. Even if it is climbing up, I mean, there is a very beautiful one where he is, they have these small swings and stuff like that, okay? And they have that, where you slide, slide, slide. Okay, now instead of coming up the steps and then going down the slide, what does he do? He tries to, he tries to, you know, where you reach the top portion, this portion on top. And then the slide is like this. He goes to the top and he tries to go out, go out from the side. Who does that? Pandas do that. <laughs> they are brainless creatures, I think. <laughs> Human beings are equally brainless. Have you not seen people trying stunts? Huh? <laughs> they, will, they will want to do a wheelie. And they normally end up smashing into something. People like to drive fast and thinking that they are F1 drivers, they go and smash into some things. Yeah. So, this is what happens to human beings also. We don't use our intellect properly. Intellect is knowledge. If knowledge says so, why do you want to get into that activity? You got what I am saying? If knowledge is saying, if you are sitting on the wrong side and you are going to fall down, you will not sit there. Correct? So, when you control the intelligence, you will not do wrong acts. You will not get into any scraps of any kind. You will not indulge in kind, wrong kind of stuff. You know when to stop. You know exactly what is going to happen to you. You know, if there are some people who are angry, you know very well that this idiot is going to get angry. Don't you know that? You know, there are this kind of people in this world. You know that the person in front of you has very little common sense. If you know this person has no common sense, why are you trying to expect that person to perform in a particular way? Your intelligence says so, you know, that this person is an idiot then why are you thinking that he is going to answer you correctly? So the intelligent person becomes silent. He knows now the panda is going to fall. <laughs> Beyond that what can he do? Can he teach the panda? No, 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 you sit on this side, come on. You can't tell the panda to sit on this side. In the same way, can you tell an idiot not to perform what he is doing? No, the idiot is anyway going to do that. Somebody who is going to get angry is anyway going to get angry. What is your job? Don't bother. They are idiots. Let the idiots be. So an intelligent person controls his intelligence this way. To beg charity, he travels alone to various cities and villages. I was reading, a, somebody had sent me a question from Pora. And they asked me, can you please tell why these, uh, you know, all these sadhus and all that, why do they have to beg? Can they not do some work? It's a very common question which everybody, every human being asks. You know what they ask? 
they are they are well built people they they can work why don't they work renunciation means stopping most of these activities you understand what i am saying they live on charity you may say why are they living on charity why can't they go and work every person has been given their position in this world isn't it somebody has been given extra money somebody has been given less money so you mean to say less money people should be slaughtered no somebody has been given good strength and there are weaklings also you mean to say all kill all those weaklings no if there are lots of people in this world who are capable and some are incapable you mean to say you have to kill all the incapable people no they are having a very good balance in this universe did you understand if you have the wherewithal to give that means you can give somebody has to take it isn't it if there is nobody to take what will happen you know there are rotten fruits you know if you go to the market there are lots of places where the fruits are thrown they are rotten now just imagine or the fish you know when you are cleaning shrimp or something like that if i keep that shrimp shells at the side do you know in less than 3 to 4 hours they will start smelling i'm sure you know that putrefaction of food also happens huh the food gets spoiled bodies bodies putrefy so don't you think that there are worms and there are creatures who have to eat this there is a complete balance in the system there are things which destroy this kind of stuff also and there are the things which destroy the destroyers also so this is a very very homogeneous system so if you have the wherewithal to give there should be someone who takes it also you know if there is nobody to take your karma is still pending am i right or wrong if you have to give and there is nobody to take your karma is still with you so there should be somebody who takes that thing from you so aren't the people who taking it doing you a great favor so please think about it the person who is taking the stuff from you is doing you a great favor you are not doing a great favor by giving you are anyway supposed to give see there is a fruit laden tree and nobody to eat what is the point did you understand there is a fruit laden tree and there is no soul inside to eat that fruit you will find in singapore the trees are lined with mango trees you know there are mango trees one end to the other end and the mango fruit just grows on the tree and falls down to the ground nobody eats it 
not a single soul eats it. What is the use of planting such type of trees where there is nobody to eat? So please understand, the person who takes it from you is doing you a great favor. It is not the one who gives who is doing a favor. Remember these words. So the sages, what did they do? They take from you. They are actually relieving you of your karma. So the next time when you are giving, don't be under this egoistic state, you know, that I am giver. There is a taker. That person is doing you a great favor. Not the other way around. I hope you understand this. This person, he did not advertise his advanced spiritual position and thus was not recognized by others. A spiritualist is never supposed to you know, tell the whole world, I am a spiritualist, I am a spiritualist, I am a... He has to be silent. No. They should not be talking to the whole world. Only a few. Those who come on their own. Did you understand? People, those who come on their own to the spiritualist are the right kind of people. Those who don't come, anyway they are not supposed to come. But tomorrow, if you call people and enroll them, okay, you pay 500 rupees and enroll yourself. This is like asking for likes on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, I want likes. Who are the people who are liking it? Some idiot somewhere who doesn't even read what you have written. So there is no point in having these kind of likes, isn't it? It's the same thing. The person has to be incognito. Not to advertise to the world. Not to say anything to anybody. Please understand one thing. The person who does the publicity is the student, not the teacher. Who does? Ramakrishna Paramahansa was a great teacher. He never went and advertised himself to anybody. But his student, who, who was his student? Huh? Sen. Keshav Chandra Sen. Keshav Chandra Sen wrote about him in the newspapers. Ramakrishna ji never did anything. Vivekananda did everything. All his disciples did. So, the person has to be incognito. In the same way, Buddha never did anything. Jesus personally never went and knocked. Oh, I am Jesus. Please listen to me. I am Jesus. Please listen. I am sorry. Jesus never went and knocked on people's houses so that they can listen to him. His disciples were the ones who wanted this world to be a better place so they called people. So I hope you understood what it means. So, person should never advertise his advanced spiritual position. Nobody is entitled for this. You are not. Even if you are spiritually advanced, don't tell the world, Oh, I have grown wings, you know. I am an angel. Don't. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow you will grow horns then. <laughs> so we have come to the end of this. So we will stop over here at verse 32. So we have come the end of this but I will just recap it for you. The Avanti Brahmana has come to a stage where he is able to control his mind 
put all the desires in his heart, sees them. So there are no more desires in him. After that, he controls his senses, his breath and his intellect and roams around the world living on charity. That means he asks for food from people. Then he is doing the person a favor, not the other way around. This lesson you should remember. The giver is not doing a favor. The one who takes it does the favor to the giver because he is eliminating that person's karma. Just like the worms eat the dead body and do not allow that dirty smell to come out. Isn't it? Like that. So he does and doesn't advertise his position that he is an enlightened person or something like that. So this is where we are going to end today. Alright. So take care. You have a very good day or a good evening.